People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Devil are you all, welcome to another episode of Bizarre Tales. This week, you have me back, believe it or not. Yes, I am still alive. Yes, I do still do this podcast, believe it or not. Um, I We have been really, really busy the last few weeks. Um, a lot of things going on at work. Um, just a lot of issues, meaning that me and Lee still are really struggling to be able to record together. So this week I've decided that I will grace you again with my presence and we will talk about the British counties. We did this uh, a little bit earlier in the year, um, towards the end of last year, going into into this year. We haven't really picked it up. We've done nine counties so far, um, so we've got, we've got a fair bit of a way to go. Um, we have slowed down a little bit. Um, taking a bit of time for ourselves and one of the reasons we haven't done one of these county ones for so long is uh, we've not really had any feedback so one of the reasons we started doing it was so that we would get feedback from listeners and have some of you even come on to the show and possibly message and say you know oh I live in uh, so-and-so county or I've heard a story from so-and-so county etc etc and there hasn't there hasn't really been any response uh, whether that is due to you guys not enjoying the episodes or whether it's due to the fact that we haven't got to your county yet i am yet to know um but we're going to carry on this week um i will give a quick shout out um for those of you who do listen to this podcast quite regularly one of the plans going forwards is for me and lee when we do get a chance to record together is to do these on YouTube. So for those of you who are members of YouTube or those of you who do use YouTube, if you go onto there and type in Bizarre Tales Podcast, you'll find us on there. We are going to start doing some live streams on there for these episodes. So when we go forwards with them, uh, you can watch us, you can ask us questions, we'll have moderator on there as well, um, and your questions will be answered. You will even potentially get your name shouted out on the podcast as well. So... There is quite a lot of things going forwards. We are trying to be a little bit more interactive with you guys. Um, if you do go onto YouTube, like I said, follow us on there. You do need to click the little bell button to subscribe and you'll get notifications when we go live. This week, guys, we are talking about the county of Cumbria. Now, Cumbria, you may have heard of, it is in the northwest of England, and it is in the far, far, far northwest of England, above the Lake District. Now, for those of you who don't know, it borders Scotland. It's one of our, it is our most northern border on the west-hand side, and it is thus the home of some very, very historical castles, some very historical buildings, um, and some very historical cities. It is also the home of Hadrian's Wall. So for those of you who don't know what that is, that is built by the Romans to stop the Scots from coming into England. 
well, we're going to talk about some of the ghosts and some of the hauntings that you can find in Cumbria. Now, the one there are some that really, really stand out. Obviously, we have the main one being the Roman soldiers. Now, there are ghostly apparitions of Roman soldiers throughout Great Britain. Um, this is possibly one of the most famous ones, and this is the Roman soldiers of Brampton Road. Now, Brampton Road is uh, a campus, and it sits on top of the Valium for Hadrian's Wall. Uh, the Valium was a wide ditch flanked by large mounds of earth, providing an extra defence for the wall. It's the reason behind the name Valium's Gallery, which it currently sits on the campus at the moment. It has a really big historical importance. Uh, legend has it that sometime in the early 2nd century AD, so we're going back a long, long way here, the Valium was being constructed. A Roman legion was standing guard to protect against the interference by the Picts and the Scots. It was a foggy night and as the legend goes, a thick fog that was hard to see more than a few feet in front of you drifted over the, the land. As the soldiers stood guard and watched over the slaves digging the Valium, yes, British people were made slaves by the Romans, uh, they heard a strange guttural noise coming from out of the fog, described as neither man nor beast, but something of both. It called out through the fog quietly at first, but getting louder and louder. And worse, it was jo joined by other noises. The slaves tried to leave, but they were stopped by the legion. They were told they weren't allowed to leave, while the soldiers investigated what the noise was. With the swords held high, they marched into the night and were swallowed up by the fog. The noises grew louder and louder, and then suddenly, silence. What happened? We will never know. But that legion went off into the fog, was never seen or heard from again. Now, this is true. The Roman legion that disappeared in Scotland or on the Scottish border, it literally vanished. There was no trace of them, no sign of them. No one could find the armour, no dropped swords, no blood. But some say that on a dark, misty night, you can hear the stomping of marching boots of a legion trying to get back to the Valium. But they never found it. The Midwife of Fuse Hill Street. Fuse Hill Street was a maternity hospital for many years before it became part of the university. In fact, Around 55,000 babies were born on Fuse Hill Street between 1968 and 2000. Now, that is roughly half the population of Carlisle, which is a city in, uh, in Cumbria. Uh, today, the maternity ward has moved, but yet some say they've seen a strange sight in the building where the old hospital once stood. Reports vary on the time of day and year, but they all agree on one thing. They've seen a woman dressed in an old nurse's uniform, wandering through the corridors, carrying something wrapped in bandages. And she calls out, Whose baby is this? Whose baby is this? 
as she walks away. Nobody has ever seen her from the front. Those who've dared to follow her always end up losing her as she turns a corridor, vanishing without a trace. Could she be the ghost of a midwife who used to work there? Something we will never know. The Beast of Ambleside Ambleside is set in the heart of the Lake District at the head of Lake Windermere. It's one of the most beautiful places in the UK and offers a variety of activities for exploring. Forests, mountain climbing, swimming, kayaking, um, pretty much anything. It's a lovely, lovely part of the UK. However, on a moonless night, when the lake is at its darkest, an eerie sight of a human-shaped monster spanning around 13 feet in height with a triple humped back and the head of a python has been seen. Those who have seen it claim it's a scaly creature with its legs dripping with mud from the bottom of the lake. You can tell when it's on land the distinctive noise it makes when it walks, like a sloshing noise for every step, like walking through really thick mud. Of course, being a lake monster, it's more at home in the water, where it can swim faster than any fish in the lake. It's more stealthy in its home environment, often not being detectable right up to the point where it claims the lives of those on the lake. So if you do enjoy a good swim, make sure you take a light with you. One of the most famous places in Cumbria is Carlisle. It's the city that borders um, Scotland. It was famous for battles um, and a lot of problems between the English and the Scottish. And in Carlisle lies a very, very large castle. Carlisle Castle, would you believe? Now, castles are usually a fairly good bet when it comes to spooky events or ghosts, um, and Carlisle Castle is definitely no different. It dates back to 1093 when William II built it as part of his defence against the Scots. It's a Norman style Motton Bailey castle built on the site of an old Roman fort. The castle has had somewhat troubled history and has changed hands several times. There has been such a long and violent history that we may even have expected a few more ghosts than those that are on record at Carlisle Castle. We're going to talk about some of the most famous ones. The Phantom Lady In 1823, a young soldier was on duty and was terrified by the appearance of a ghostly apparition. So scared, in fact, that he attempted to run her through with a bayonet. When he passed through her, he fainted. He never recovered. He died of shock. It has been suggested that the appearance of this phantom lady could be linked to the skeleton of a woman dressed in tartan and holding a baby which was found bricked up inside the captain's tower in 1820. She has been putting an appearance every now and then, ever since, and in 1992, for three consecutive nights, the alarms in the King's Own Border Regiment Museum were triggered 
but no sign of anyone could be found, at least not anyone living. The next location is not exactly haunted, uh, in the more traditional sense of the word. You won't find spirits here, or at least not human ones. Instead, the rumours surrounding the famous Beatum fairy steps relate to fairies, just like the name suggests. These steps are carved into giant limestone, and they were originally part of one of the Lake District's corpse trails, which were used to transport the coffins of the dead to their final resting place. In fact, if you look closely, you can make out some of the iron rings that were used to thread the ropes to haul the coffins up the incline. The legend linked to this site is that if you were able to make it all the way to the top of the stairs without touching the sides, the fairies would grant you one wish. Now, if you look at these stairs, they are extremely narrow and extremely steep. It would be almost impossible to climb them without touching the sides. But for those of you who travel to the UK, especially on ghost trips, maybe that's worth a go. One wish, what would you pick? Not sure what I'd pick. Probably to be a millionaire. I think that would be the best bet. Someone... uh, then I could do this podcast every day. You guys would enjoy it and uh, I wouldn't have to work. So that would be great. Me, you'd actually get to hear me and Lee then, rather than just me. We're going to go to Castle Rig Stone Castle. This castle is one of the most breathtaking sights to behold in Cumbria. It consists of 38 stones which vary in size and shape. Some of them stand around five feet tall, um, although some of them have obviously fallen down over the years. Um, The site is roughly 5,000 years old. Um, It's estimated that there would have been around 41 stones originally, um, and it's one of the most well-preserved stone circles in the UK. Um, Very similar to Stonehenge, for those of you who are trying to picture something. Um, There's very little doubt that stone circles can be magical and mysterious places, and this one is no different. The circle is famous for one thing in particular, a very strange occurrence of an unexpected light phenomenon. In 1919, a man named T. Shingleton and his friends witnessed balls of light dancing slowly over the stones. Um, And believe it or not, this has actually been reported many, many times at the same site and over various stone circles around the world, which gives a little bit more belief to their magical sort of aura, I suppose. There are loads of things that are linked to stone circles, and this is just one example of them. We're going to go to a pub, because this is Britain, and we always do pubs when we're talking about hauntings. We're actually going to talk about the Kirkstone Pass Inn, Uh, This is a building that has a long and somewhat colourful history behind it. This is all part of its charm. The former coaching inn can be traced back to the 15th century and records show that it also has links to an ancient monastery. So it comes as no surprise that there seems to be several ghostly residents who are not that keen on leaving. 
There are several tales of apparitions and, and other things that have been seen. People who believe the spirits of travellers who have died while making their dangerous journey along the winding Kirkstone Pass between Windermere and Patterdale. One of the most well-known of these is the tale of Ruth Ray. Ruth was said to be travelling to Patterdale to visit uh, with her uh, visit her ailing father. Uh, she had a small child with her at the same time, and unfortunately, the weather took a bad turn. For those of you who know the Lake District, that's really common. Um, and due to this really bad weather condition and snow, um, it got very difficult for her to find her way. Ruth did not return home to her husband, and he set out in search for her, only to be confronted by his wife's frozen corpse. However, in her arms was the baby, tightly wrapped in layers and very much alive. Ruth is thought to haunt the Kirkstone Inn to this day, and it is believed that her appearance is actually a warning to travellers of bad weather that's coming in. Ruth certainly isn't the only spirit to be seen here. There are also a ghost of a young boy who was apparently run over by a coach outside. Pictures have been snapped of a 17th century coachman in the bar area also. There are also stories of poltergeist activity and the ghost of a woman who was hanged for murdering a child and a spectral hiker and a terrifying grey lady. So these are all ghosts that are around the same inn. So you do tend to find that with some of these historical buildings that they have many, many apparitions because of the fact that they're so well spread uh, throughout history. There's so much that's happened there that you're, you're talking about completely different spirits all at the same time, all reliving that memory or that sort of timestamp. Um, you know, a coachman sat at a bar. It's pretty common. It was probably common in the 17th century. Um, but you know, people are still seeing it you know, hundreds of years later. The a great, I mean, grey lady is is a very common term. And when people say terrifying, I always wonder: is it terrifying because you're aware of the fact that it's not of this earth, or it's not of this time period, or is it terrifying because of what they look like? And that sounds really silly, but. You know, when you you think of ghosts, a lot of people think of, you know, really terrifying face. So it's uh, terrifying ghosts, terrifying because of the fact that we know they're no longer with us. Or are they terrifying because they actually look terrifying? I don't know. Maybe you know, but I don't. We're going to talk next about the Eden Hall Country Hotel. Again, this is sort of a pub, but a, a bit of a bigger one. When when we talk about country hotels, these are um, basically big inns. Okay, so we have loads of different types of hotels throughout the country, as I'm sure many countries do. This is more of a more of a pub that's converted. Um, it's set in the idyllic Cum Cumbrian village of Edenhall. Um, it's a picturesque hotel with a pretty exterior which hides much creepier side from the inside. This is one of the most haunted places in Cumbria. And you think we've already spoken about ghosts. This is even worse. 
the ghosts have a habit of popping up in the mirrors. Now, to me, that's got to be something straight out of a horror movie. You know, when we talk about ghosts, if you're sat at a bar and you can see a apparition walk past you, that's pretty scary. But you can you can sort of get over that. Do you know what I mean? You can you can move on with your life. I would say people who say they've seen things crossing the street or they've they've heard noises um you know doors slamming coaches moving horse feet um th- th- a lot of things like this that, you know i would say you can probably like you can move on from it but you can imagine you're staying at a hotel it's eight nine o'clock at night this is cumbria so it's dark there's fog out you've just got out of the shower and you're doing your hair in the shower or for me, my beard, because I don't have hair, and you suddenly look in the mirror, and behind you is a ghost, a figure staring back at you through the mirror. You turn around, and there's nothing there. I mean, to me, that's that sort of fear would stay with you forever. I, I'd be nervous ever looking in a mirror again. Um, the ghost that is most spotted at the Eden Hall country hotel is a female spirit who hotel staff and guests alike have seen in room 25 uh, which since its renovation work has now become room four so if you uh, are going to the eden hall country hotel stay away from room four or request room four whatever floats your boat Uh, she is often seen sitting at the end of the bed or she will appear in the bathroom mirror while guests are taking a bath. I mean, that's that's just awful. I mean, no one wants to shit themselves, and certainly don't want to shit yourself in the bath. And I know that was vulgar, but it does. I I think I would. You know, um, the mirrors throughout the hotel have seen more than their fair share of apparitions. In fact, the bar area used to have several mirrors above the bar. They've now been removed uh, following a large volume of complaints from customers and bar staff that they would see apparitions frequently form in the mirrors. However, taking the mirrors down did not quite stop the spirits. An old woman is regularly seen in the bar area and she takes a chair in one corner where she has a great view of everything that happens in the bar, and you'll see her in the corner of the bar. Now, these sort of stories, when you see them sat in chairs, for those of you who have seen the film The Woman in Black, it's one of those things that, to this day, will scare the living crap out of me. Um, I went to see The Woman in Black at school, uh, a school play um, for I think I was year seven, so America grade seven. So I was about twelve years old, and we had a school trip into central London to watch this play. And there is a scene in it. Now they don't tell you there's two actors in the whole film or the whole play. Sorry, and there is obviously the actor that plays the woman in black, the ghost. Now you never they never recognize her, they never talk about her, and they never 
acknowledge her at the end of the play. She is not there. They they do the play as, as if she doesn't exist. But obviously she does. And there are times during the play where the woman in black will walk through the audience and people literally scream. It's It's awful. And the one scene that always sticks with me is there is a clip where they're sat in a hotel room and all of a sudden it goes dark and one light shines on the stage and there is this ghostly figure sat on the chair, it's a rocking chair, swinging backwards and forwards really fast and it scares it scared the living crap out of me. I was about 12, 13 years old, um, trying to look hard and cool because I've gone on a school trip with loads of girls and I'm trying to show off and I very nearly pissed my pants um and to make matters worse one of my first dates with my current wife we went to the cinema to see the woman in black with Daniel Radcliffe and I said to her I was like you know this is a film she doesn't like horror movies and I'm thinking I'll be all right this is it's a kid, so it's a 12. I think it's a 12 as well, or 12A. So it's not, there's no swear words in it. It's not really that scary. And it clips to that scene where she's swinging backwards and forwards on the rocking chair. If anyone's seen The Woman in Black, the film, or the play, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And I nearly died. I literally had to grab my wife's arm and tuck my head into her shoulders. And this was one of our first dates so when you actually for those of you who know me have seen the size of me i'm i'm not a little bloke um and i'm surprised she stayed with me after that because i would have thought at that point she should have gone this is this guy's a bit of a wuss to be perfectly honest but no she stayed with me but completely irrelevant that story by the way guys but it that's when when i when people say they see these ghosts sitting in chairs that's the only thing i can ever imagine and it's just one of those things it will stay with me forever i mean what am i 30 32 now so it's nearly 20 years since i saw this play in london and the fear from that still stays with me even my daughter who's 11 asked to watch the woman in black because i think it's on netflix and i told her i'm not watching it with her because i won't even watch it with my daughter and it's just one of them weird things anyway i'm completely digressing let's get back to cumbria Dalston Hall Hotel. This is a massive hotel. This is like a almost a converted castle. It's huge. It was built around 500 years ago and it's said to host a large number of ghosts, making it again one of the most haunted places in Cumbria. Cumbria seems to be really prominent for mass hauntings rather than just one or two. Um, the most prominent spirit is said to be of Lady Jane who is often seen walking around in the gallery above the main hall wearing a Tudor-style dress. Another of the Cumbria ghosts who said to call at Dalton Hall, Dalston Hall sorry, is the Handyman. They can give him a name, but he is the Handyman. Uh, he is said to spend most of his time in the cellar and is often said to move barrels around. Also, on occasion where workmen have been busy inside the property, there have been reports of the handyman also handling tools to the living workmen. So literally passing tools to people. He seems a friendly enough spirit who is just keen on basically staying in in a job. 
He just wants to keep working. He's described as being a big and very physical looking man wearing tweed trousers. Uh, he allegedly shares his cellar with a non another non-human entity who has been affectionately dubbed Mr. Fingernails. And that is a, I mean they say affectionately, but that is a creepy nickname for someone. Um this being said, uh, he appears as a black mass and has long fingernails. It moves very quickly and will often loom over people to scare them. I can't believe they said affectionately. I just, you know, what's affectionate about scaring people by looming over them with long fingernails? That's creepy as shit. Um, however, investigators have agreed that the entity is not harmful. Hmm. I mean, it affect your psyche, maybe. Um, he is just a bully who likes to scare people. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's a little bit. I would say that is quite harmful, personally. I mean, it might not push you down the stairs, but you'll certainly remember an interaction. They do believe, or uh, ghost hunters do believe, that the handyman and Mr. Fingernails do not actually get along with each other. So when they're both in the room at the same time, there is a bit more of a conflict. There are plenty other spirits in Dalston Hall, uh, including a girl with a pale face who is often seen being dragged down the corridor outside rooms four through to six by her hair. Witnesses have claimed to see her being beaten and even raped by a man in leather clothing who then throws her out of a window to her death. It is believed that she was a courtesan from the 1500s. There is also a group of three women and a little blonde girl who is seen watching people going up and down the stairs, but they never do anything else. They just watch. Another spirit is said to stand by the window in room four and stare into the distance. People who have seen her say that they are overcome with sadness and that on some occasion an older lady comes in to check on her. That is quite a lot of spirits for one place and again all completely different this is a, a 500 year old building so the fact that you know there's multiple spirits from different timelines again highly highly possible the final place we are going to visit in cumbria possibly one of the most famous places definitely one of the most beautiful um that is that of Moncaster castle so if anyone doesn't know have a look at a picture of it it's gorgeous um, Moncaster castle is actually a privately owned castle overlooking the river Esk it is about a mile from the coast uh, from a town called Ravenglass in Cumbria it is a rec it's recorded in the national heritage list as a grade one listed building um, for those of you who don't know that basically means it's protected by the government they they'll always look after it they'll always do stuff for it and they will keep it in good nick that's some of those buildings are like that um some of them are great too where they, they won't touch them but they they leave them to basically to crumble but grade one is one that we will we look after in this country um the castle itself was actually built in 1258 and with almost 800 years of history 
it's unsurprising that it is one of the most haunted places, not just in Cumbria, but in the entire country. There are a number of ghosts that reportedly haunt the castles, halls and rooms. And perhaps the most famous is Tom Fool or Tom Skeleton. Now, he's a jester from the 16th or 17th century um, and he would entertain visitors in the castle. However, he didn't like if he didn't like the look of them, he would direct them to the quicksand just outside the castle. The family at Moncaster attest to the experiences of the ghost Tom and they place the most of the paranormal activity in the castle at his feet, especially the more sinister ones. He was also believed to be behind the beheading of a local carpenter whose only crime was to fall in love with Sir Ferdinand um, sorry, Sir Ferdinand Pennington. Uh, his daughter, not him. He fell in love with his daughter. Uh, the murder was thought to be under Sir Pennington's orders, and Tom, who was keen to increase his status, was eager to oblige. The current owners of the castle, um, like I said, they do pretty much blame everything on him, um, and they believe that he's still residing in the castle um and he's often felt or heard, but he's never seen. He's one of them ones that you can hear him. You know, they can they know he's there, but there's never been a, a sighting of him, which makes it strange because you know they I find how they get these history stories without actually seeing them. I find those those ones not sure. I think when you can see an apparition, it, it makes it a little bit more believable. The White Lady of Moncaster Castle, the White Lady, or the Moncaster Boggle, um, is another prominent ghost uh, who is thought to be the spirit of a lady called Mary Bragg. Now, she was a housekeeper in Ravenglass during the early 1800s. She fell in love with a footman at Moncaster Castle, but unfortunately for her, so was one of the housemaids. Mary would meet him regularly, and on one particular night, she was approached by two men who told her that her lover was ill-stricken and requested her by his bedside. She never did make it, though, as the two men reportedly took her to the side of the road and murdered her. Her body was found weeks later, floating down the river Esk, and it was in such a bad state from the eels in the river, uh, finding a cause of death was impossible. Mary's ghost is now often seen wandering the castle gardens and local roads. Perhaps she's searching for her lover. Now, one of the most haunted rooms in Moncaster Castle is the Tapestry Room. Over the years, there have been many reports, and the most frequent being the sound of a baby crying and soft singing believed to be a mother or a nanny consoling an upset child or baby as the the uh, tapestry rooms was once the nursery for the castle other reports include the rattling of door handles in the middle of the night or the door opening completely opening footsteps dragging sounds dark masses appearing and the feeling of someone sitting down on the bed 
unexplained temperature drops and overwhelming sense of someone else being in the room. Moncaster Castle um, is possibly one of the most haunted places in the country and it's um, it's one of those areas where I don't think you'd visit it for any real reason. There doesn't seem to... There's not much there in Moncaster. It's not one of these touristy towns. Um, but if you are there, you do ever go there, or you do ever travel up that way, and you are interested in, in this sort of ghost hunting, I know a lot of people are very, very interested in the stories, but actually going and doing it and looking yourself maybe seem a little bit daunting. But if you are interested... I would say Moncaster Castle has got to be up there on one of those lists. And uh, yeah, very, very creepy. And that feeling of not being alone, that feeling of dread is not something I'd ever really experienced. Um, That be until last weekend. Those of you who know me personally or have uh, listened to my podcast uh, this week in history uh, will know that I visited Poland uh, last weekend and visited the famous uh, Auschwitz concentration camp and a very harrowing experience uh, something that if you are interested in the story of that you'll have to go over to this week in history because Uh, I will be doing um, an episode on my experience there. Um, But I will give you just a quick thing of what happened. Um, We went into one of the barracks. Uh, This barrack was was awful. It was one of the children's barracks uh, that was there. Very, very well preserved. And you can see on the wall where these children slept where they'd scratched their names or their number that was tattooed into them or little stars of David and things like that. They were all scratched into the walls. Um, Now, we're in a group of probably 30 people and I'm looking at these scratches on the walls over the bunks and I suddenly realised that the rest of the group had walked off and I'm the only person left in here. And I've never had that feeling of dread come over me until that day. That fear of being alone, the happiness being drawn out of the room, your heart sinking to the pit of your stomach, and that feeling of death and you're not alone, even though you know you are alone. There was no one in there with me. I I was the only person in there. And that fear that you get, you almost can't describe it. So for those of you who know what I'm talking about, have, have experienced that fear, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, it's just awful. And like I said, I'm not scared of very much unless it's a peacock. Um, which is a very weird fear, but that is my fear. I'm scared of peacocks. Um, Yeah, I don't have very many fears, and I never experienced a feeling like that. And when people say that they've had that feeling there was someone else with them, I've always thought, but if you can't see anything, 
there's no one else there. You know, you lod your mind plays funny tricks. You know, you yeah, you can you can't feel there being someone there if you can't see there's someone there. Well, now I believe it. You can. Um that that fear that you have is just is unparalleled. Um so yeah, we will be going over the story of of that, but for those of you who have enjoyed this, like I said, we are getting back onto these these podcasts a little bit more now. Um, they may be one week you'll have my voice, one week you'll have Lee's. Um, hopefully, when we get a chance to do these together, we will do them together. But obviously, for the time being, you're going to have to to deal with with me or Lee rather than both together. Um, <clears throat> like I said at the start of the episode, get yourselves over to YouTube because this is where we are hopefully going with the podcast we are hopefully going to be doing lives um, on directly onto youtube getting these out there for people to ask questions to to watch us and things like that um main reason for that is that is where where the money is uh, when you look at these podcasts you look at a lot of podcasts out there now they all have a live stream going on at the same time um so we're going to try and modernize and catch up with everybody else and hopefully like we say say every time is uh push the podcast to that next level where we can actually afford to do it full time we don't have to work and you know we can put episodes out every week and maybe two or three episodes a week see how lucky you are but um yeah get yourselves over to youtube type in bizarre tales podcast hit that subscribe button make sure you click the bell because that will notify you every single time we're on live um, and you can always join us ask us questions or just enjoy the show that way um so thank you guys for listening um i know it's been a long time since you've heard my voice so i hope you're you're happy to have me back and uh, we will see you on the other side well they've gone no just for now wasn't the right time for us to meet but there'll be other nights other stars for us to watch they'll be back